Welcome to the Gold Standard here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. And I'm not Marin Angus, who filled in admirably last week. I'm Adam Vingan, back from my one-week sabbatical. How are you, neighbor? <laughs> yes, for those who who may have missed last week's episode, which you shouldn't have. It was a, it was a very good episode. As I said, Marin did a great job filling in for me. Uh, you had a very good interview with Hal Gill. Always a great uh, conversation anytime with Hal Gill. There's no such thing as a bad conversation yeah. with yeah. Hal Gill. Um, but anyway, the reason why I was not on the episode was because I was moving. Um, so I have officially moved to the east side of town, as you alluded to. Um, we're still organizing. It's a and long still process, Adam. It's still putting the house together. We also don't have a lot of our furniture because we donated most of the furniture that was in our apartment to buy new furniture and it hasn't come yet so we don't have a couch we don't have a dresser any of that stuff so tiny piece of advice for everyone out there either newlywed or moving into a a house for the first time you don't need to rush it everyone gets into a house and thinks everything needs to get done right away you're going to spend the rest of your life better yet your wife is going to spend the rest of your life reorganizing and redesigning everything that you have you don't need to get it all done in one weekend. Yeah. It just doesn't have to happen that way. Yeah. We, we're You've got taking, your whole life, Adam. We're taking our time, and there's a little bit of DIY going on in the house as well. Nice. Um, You're pretty handy? I am not handy at all. <laughs> my wife is much handier than I am. Uh, my wife and her sister painted the, the, the bottom floor of our house. Um, we're going to have to... So you're more old Predator's way. She's more new, <laughs> finesse... As, as I said to her, she's a, she's a toolsy forward. I, as I said to her, as I as I have said to her repeatedly, I am the money man. She is the muscle. Um, <laughs> like I, my my responsibilities were, you know, setting up all of the the services. You yes, know, changing changing over the power. Uh, <laughs> you know, setting up the internet, the, the real hard stuff, hiring the movers, <laughs> um, all of all of the phone calls, all of those things. You're. That was me. You're a hero. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you are. Well, the as you know, you have been married longer than I have. The best part about marriage, for those of you who are married or are in serious relationships and understand this, is that you know the best part about having a a, a significant other uh, is the fact that you <laughs> play off is that you play off each other very well. You know your your strengths are their weaknesses and vice versa. So hopefully, I have, yes. yes. So I am not handy at all. Uh, so Bridget is much handier than I am. So I, I trust her to, you know, the other night she put up some curtains. I just, wow. just I just handed her things while she did the drilling. Wow. Um, but just so everyone knows, it, Adam, Adam Vingan does not drill. If, That's all I'm saying. I, I did drill and <laughs> I did, I did help put on the new handle on our front door. Um, stop, anyway, stop, stop um, but what I was saying is that without her, without me, Bridget would have to speak to customer service representatives, oh, which she true. hates. Yeah, like I said, you're a hero, man. You, you really are. Um, anyway. I, our, my relationship works this way. She's the idea person. I execute shit. There you go. I, I get everything done. I, I Like, give me a project. I'll execute it. She is the project manager. That's, mm. how, that's how it works in our house. Uh, all right. So let's talk hockey. How about that? Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Please tell somebody, just one person out there that you listened to the show and that you liked it. Ideally, hopefully you liked it. Um, and if of course, Our Apple reviews would say that people do quite enjoy it. That that is true. And, I think and we have an average rating of four point eight on Apple Podcasts right now to the one person who screwed our ranking. <laughs> K 
kiss my ass. There you go. But keep listening. I do like that. And listen, it, it actually does matter that you do that. I know we say that all the time, but for the if you do that and you like the show, if the best thing you can possibly do is to actually give the rating and give a review. It's it's what boosts the show up into the So but anyway, Oh, I didn't know that we have an explicit warning on Apple Podcasts. Oh, of course. Yeah, we say bad words. Mostly you say bad words. You just said ass. Ass is not a bad word. I feel like I you feel have like, said more bad words on this show than I have. I that's not true. Yes, I feel it like is. ass has been. What, what's the word? I'm now we're the married couple. Desensitized is that the right? It's it, not an FCC violation. No, it's ass not. is not. Now here's the thing: you cannot say earmuffs for those. You you can say ass on the radio. You cannot say asshole. Hmm. <laughs> now I'm the one saying the bad word. Uh, all right, can we can we talk about hockey, please? Yes. Couple quick plugs here. For the athletic, though, some really cool stuff. You guys, you got some spicy stuff on the website from from yourself. I do like spicy, as well as a uh, a very large mega draft as well. So tell yes. everybody so what they can find right now on the, the athletic. So, in conjunction with the announcement, we're recording this on Monday. So yesterday, yesterday afternoon, that the NHL and the and the players' association finally worked things out over the weekend and and agreed to a season. Um, I I posted my five bold Predators player predictions. Uh, for the upcoming season, uh, which you can skewer all you want in the comment section of that story. And today at The Athletic on Monday, we published our what we called the NHL Mega Mock Draft, where 32 of us uh, did a snake-style fantasy draft of sorts, where we created our own team. Um, we picked, we each picked one player, coach, general manager, owner, ownership group or owner, and uh, city. NHL city. Um, and it is not for the faint of heart. It, you have it, it to was love, quite interesting. You have to love hockey. Um, so I had the 30th pick out of 32. Uh, and you'll have to check out the website, pay for good journalism to see who you picked. Yes. How about that? That, that, that is good. I will say though, I was just reading that in the comment section of that story that someone said that I won. <laughs> I, I, that's, you know, so I, I will take that. There were, I think there were some very good teams. I would not say mine. Mine is certainly, there were some decisions I wish I would have redone, as anyone does in a fantasy draft. I think, yeah, I think you're overthinking it. Yeah, perhaps. It's, it's very interesting concept. I like the concept a lot. It's a fun read. Go check it out. Uh, and then, of course, if you want all of his Mas Tacos takes on the the current Predators situation, you've got all those spicy, spicy predictions on the website as well. So check that out. Yes. How about this? We've got a lot of questions from listeners today because mm-hmm. we sort of threw out on Twitter – Ask us a bunch of questions. It is a holiday edition of the show. Happy Hanukkah to you. Merry Christmas to me. The Festivus for the rest of us. Happy Kwanzaa. Merry Kwanzaa. Whatever. Or to, as, whatever you ce- celebrate. Just or, have a good time. Or as Smokey Robinson would say, Happy Chinooka. Did there you, you see that video? I did not, but I I like. Quickly, sidebar. Um, you know what Cameo <laughs> is, right? I, I know what a Cameo is. Okay, so Cameo is a website where you can pay celebrities. Oh, to right. make personalized messages. And it's interesting. If you want to have some fun, go onto Cameo's website and see how much certain people charge. Some people will charge a reasonable rate, depending on how famous they are. You know, some what might can be, I get Scott Bayo for these days? We can look that up later. Okay. Um, but some might be 20 bucks, 30 bucks, depending on their notoriety. Some might be a couple hundred, um, depending on how greedy they want to be. But Smokey Robinson, of course, the famous crooner. Someone paid Smokey Robinson to send their mother or father, and they <laughs> they had, and they uh, they asked Smokey Robinson to wish their mother or father a happy Hanukkah. 
Smokey Robinson, oh, who must not, who who admitted he does not know what Hanukkah is, pronounced Hanukkah Chanukah. Now, if you had never seen the word, right, I can see how maybe you didn't know that that's Hanukkah. But the best part is, he goes, I, you know, I was told to wish you a happy Chanukah, and then he says, I have no idea what Chanukah is. <laughs> But you know what, Smokey Robinson, he got that money. Happy Chinooka. <laughs> when, so, when you're Smokey, you can do whatever you want. I yes, suppose. happy Chinooka. It's a, Hanukkah is over, but happy Chinooka. Yes, there we go. Happy Chinooka. All right, well, can we talk hockey now? Yes. Can we do that? After, all your, after all your why don't we go, non-sequiturs? Why don't we start with the what we, what we received from the league yesterday? We'll just do a, a rundown, and then we'll get to the questions. I'm, t- I'm in charge now. Okay, okay. So, so the NHL and the NHLPA agreed to a 56-game regular season that starts January 13th. Training camp starts January 3rd for all of the teams except for the seven that did not come back during the summertime. I think they can start their training camp on December 31st. They have the pleasure and joy of starting their work season on, on new, new year's, year's eve, eve. <laughs> um so the predators will start training camp january 3rd which is two weeks from so less mm-hmm. than two weeks from now the predators will start training camp that's a good sentence that that, that is a good sentence I like that so one. there are no conferences this year in the nhl just four divisions cool the north slash all canadian division the west central and east divisions the predators are still in the central division but it's a weird-looking central division that includes the Carolina Hurricanes, Chicago Blackhawks, Columbus Blue Jackets, Dallas Stars, Detroit Red Wings, Florida Panthers, and Tampa Bay Lightning. The only real discussion, and we talked about it last week on the podcast with Marin, which is I-, I thought the only real decision that the NHL had to do was pick between Dallas, St. Louis, and Minnesota. Two of them had to go west, and one of them had to go into the central. You can make a case for a lot of them. I, I think the argument for Minnesota is there's some ties there, right, with some history and also, they're the worst team, so if you want to add a, a pushover to the division and you want to win the division, adding Minnesota, there could be worse things to do. St. Louis, I think the argument for St. Louis is geographically, it is by far the closest team to Chicago and Nashville, and from a travel standpoint, it actually makes the most sense, in my opinion. But they are the best team of the three, potentially, on paper at least right now. They've also played every single year. The Predators have only played in the division with two teams since their existence, and that is Chicago and St. Louis. That will be broken this year. And now Chicago is the only team that will have played every single season with the Nashville Predators. Yes. Dallas, of course, is the team that ended up being picked. The argument for right now is that they are sort of the modern most hated rival. And they're sort of in the middle. They're not the best team like St. Louis. They're not the worst team like Minnesota. Well, they did lose in the Stanley Cup final, so they are pretty that, good. That is true. But th- um, now they are actually, and we'll get to the odds in a second, they are ahead of Nashville in the division pecking order, but not by much. So the games are only going to be within the division. So the Predators are going to play the Hurricanes, Blackhawks, Blue Jackets, Stars, Red Wings, Panthers, and Lightning only. And they're going to play them eight times each, seven times eight, 56. The top four teams in each division make the playoffs. It will be one versus four and two versus three. Then those, you know, the winners of those series will play each other. And then there, there will be four. There will be one winner of each division playoff. Just, just call if you use pod. I think people get that. <laughs> yeah. Each division will have a four-team pod, Let and then re- each division yes. will have a winner. And then that those top four winners that create the semifinals for the Stanley Cup yes. championship will then be reseeded one through four, and it'll become its own pod. Yes. One versus four, two versus three. It's very. It's not that hard. I don't. So. You'll have one team from the north, one team from the west, one team from the central, one team from the east. 
What, so what's interesting is that because there are no conferences, you could have a scenario where the Stanley Cup final, for example, is the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Boston Bruins. I mean, let's go with the Colorado Avalanche versus the Nashville Predators. You could. It could be the... That would be cool. Vegas Golden Knights versus the Vancouver Canucks in the Battle of the V's. Okay. Vink and improve. Um, so you're in a goofy mood today. Yeah, well, I had a week off. Um, <laughs> just been stockpiling all these all these spicy takes. Yeah, spicy takes. So we'll get to the to the the I said viewer, then reader, then listener. Listener questions. Do um, do, you, do you like the format of one through four in every division? Because in theory, th- that may not be equitable. You you could have a division because on paper, the Pacific Division is the weakest division of the group by a large margin. And if, if according to the Vegas odds, and in theory, you could have a fourth place team who is technically under 500, maybe. You so, could. I, I mean, I think... now, but if you're only going to play each other, that's where I sort of understand, you know, you're clearly taking the best four from each division. Well, when I look at the central division, you know, how I think things are ultimately going to go for the Predators, you know, I think you have three teams that I think are clearly, I, you have two teams that I believe are going to be clearly worse than the Predators this season in the Central Division, Chicago and Detroit, because they were among the worst teams in the league last year, although the Blackhawks did squeak in to the return to play postseason, the Red Wings. You can get you can get Detroit at uh, plus 35,000 to win the Stanley Cup this so year. What they does are that, what dead does last. That mean? What does that mean for betting? If you put a, a dollar guy. down, you get $3,500? dollars hmm. I think anything if they can win, happen if they win the, the entire the entire cup um I, according again you want me to go through the the odds right here because you're kind of getting into this okay conversation. go through the central tampa odds. bay is number one amongst all nhl teams plus makes sense plus 600 number one so in theory you're gonna have to go through tampa bay to come out of the central division to get into that final pod good luck um yeah exactly so carolina is number two obviously at plus 2000 that is that puts them at number eight overall in the nhl Dallas is actually 12th in the NHL and third in the Central Division at plus 2,700. Uh, and then Nashville is 13th. So Dallas and Nashville, according to Vegas, are almost even as far as their odds to win the Stanley Cup. Nashville plus 3,000. You got to go all the way down to 20th in the league to get to Florida, 21st in the league to get to Columbus, plus 4,000, plus 4,500. You got to go to 23rd to get to Chicago. And then dead last is Detroit. The point is, according to Vegas and nothing else, that's all that is, is that there's a clear top four in the division and a clear bottom four in the division, according to Vegas. By the way, some uh, some breaking news. Chris Johnston of Sportsnet tweeted just now, and quote, NHL teams have started receiving drafts of their 2021 regular season schedule. It sounds like they're generally grouped in two game segments against the same opponent, Although there's also some three gamers, and I've heard of at least one instance of a four gamer, so I, I think a four banger. So I think you're going to see baseball style yeah. series. Uh, of course, the reason why the teams were grouped the way that they are is to minimize the amount of travel, both for health reasons and for financial reasons. Um, but back to the division. Does it seem if you just fairly said? There, so based on the there odds, are four on top and four on the bottom. And it seems the, pretty clear. Read me how the how the central division would break down based on the Stanley Cup odds in order from one to eight. Tampa, Carolina, Dallas, Nashville, Florida, Columbus, Chicago, Detroit. But again, Columbus seems low to me. And that's so. Again, they they are what they are. Odds are just sort of a, a snapshot in time of what people think of the of the league. But it does say. I mean. 
This specifically has Nashville clearly in the playoffs, although fourth place in the division and clearly in the top 16. Basically, when I look at this division, I see three teams battling for two spots because I think Tampa is a lock. I think Dallas, Dallas is, well, I think Carolina's in. I I think, you know what? I think you might be right. I I think Carolina is is such a fun team. They're incredibly skilled. You know, the goaltending is a question mark as it has been for the past few years. They have a great defense. So perhaps I put Carolina too. Dallas is going to be dealing with some injuries off the hop. I think Tyler Sagan is, if I recall correctly, is going to miss the beginning of the season after having surgery. I think Ben Bishop is out as well, although it was Anton Hudobin who uh, backstopped the team in the Stanley Cup final. So I think Tampa is in. I think Carolina is in. I think Detroit is out. I think Chicago is out. And I think Florida is out. So that means to me, you have three teams, Dallas, Columbus, and Nashville battling for two spots. Okay. We just talked about Dallas. Columbus didn't, Columbus did not do much this offseason. Nothing exciting. You know, they did have a good season last year, despite losing Sergei Bobrovsky and Artemi Panarin and Matthew Shane. I'm not sure how replicable that is. Yeah. Um, so I think the Predator, I mean, I, I think. I think it's a decent draw. I think the, I think the Predators, yeah. are at, even under normal circumstances, I would have said they were a bubble team. And I think they're a bubble team under this format too. Yeah. Uh, so again, just based on Vegas odds, the Pacific has three teams ranked in the top 16, which would be your playoff cutoff. The East has six teams ranked in the top 16. The Central has four and the North has three. The East has, you know, six, as, as, as I said, Boston, Philly, Pittsburgh, Washington, the Islanders, and the Rangers all in the top 16. Again, I think it could have been worse. If St. Louis was in the division, you could argue it's going to be even tougher to get into the playoffs, but Dallas is still ahead of Nashville. I think it could have been worse, but it I don't know. I think they got a pretty good draw out of the yeah, deal, and, and so like I think I, they can make the playoffs. And like I said, you're only playing teams in your division, so the Predators are not playing Colorado this season. The Predators are not playing St. Louis. The Predators are not playing Vegas. Could be a, a, a lot worse. I mean, they get to play eight games against the worst team in the league from last season. That's, yeah. I mean, even though Detroit does happen to... Well, so does Carolina, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Carolina's they, had Nashville's number as well, and they're good. Yes. <laughs> so, they, yeah, so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. Um, so let, yeah. let's jump to our... We'll kind of intermix our questions here. We've got a couple of specific ones that we'll get to later on, but there's a couple that tie into what we want to talk about, and this is from Whit Compton, who says... Uh, on Twitter, quote, I'm very excited to be in the same division with the Canes. We have a terrible history against them, that they would be a perfect rival to hate if we got to play them more often. Um, do you have a rivalry wish list for the new division? Carolina's number one on my list. I mean, they're the most entertaining. The, and games, are, the games are entertaining. Yeah. So I and, love Raleigh, even though, you know, it's going to be different this year, of course. But But I think Columbus and Nashville doesn't feel similar though they were in, in the division right once. but but when you think about personality of the city and the culture it, it's clearly carolina and nashville from a sort of you know, we're both in the Sun Belt, we're both southern franchises you know they that kind of thing barbecue is a big deal yeah and they're and they're fun like they're a fun team to watch so i think carolina nashville is by far the one you're looking forward to the most uh, you know chicago is, is having them as you're st- still in your division is great adding detroit and columbus back in is certainly bringing some old New flames to the table, which is interesting. Tampa is just terrifying. Florida does nothing for me at all. And then having Dallas there does add juice. I, I think having Dallas in there adds some juice. So I think, number one, it's got to be Carol. I, 
of all the new ones, Carolina's the one I'm most interested to see. Yeah, I would agree. And uh, as you said, when you think about geographical rivals, you know, Carolina makes a lot of sense. Under, when, when fans were allowed to go to games pre-COVID, there were always a ton of Predators fans at road games in Raleigh. Of course, they only played there once a season, um, but it's easy to get there. Right. Those games are always a lot of fun. I, I personally have a soft spot for Raleigh. Um, so I, You're I, a triangle guy. I am a triangle guy. Durham, born. Yeah, I mean, I think it's Carolina. Um, yeah. I, you know, to be quite honest, I don't care about the Florida Panthers. I don't either. Um, I, I don't I think don't a lot, I, I think the league at large doesn't care about the Florida Panthers. <laughs> God, um, but brutal. I, but uh, you Where's know, John Van Beesbrook when you need him. Yeah, Columbus. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't do much for me either. But I know that there's some history. It there, will be fun so. to see Seth Jones seven times, you right. know, eight times a year, uh, because since he has been traded, he has blossomed into a uh, future Norris Trophy winner. The other side of that trade, however. Pulls on my collar. Um, Just go read his spicy predictions. Go read my spicy predictions. Five peppers for Ryan Johansson. (laughs) I like that Dallas is there. We talked about this when we did when I did my fan survey. Um, Although Chicago remained the uh, you know the preferred or the most hated rival of Predators fans, the Stars have crept up that list as we approach the one year anniversary of the Winter Classic. Some uh, you know a day that Predators fans probably. Want to forget, you know, after the puck drop. You know, beforehand it was awesome. Uh, tailgate was awesome. Um, all right, so Papa Pierogi on Twitter says, great name, by the way. Um, playing eight times, what does this mean for your rivalries, new and old? And what is, who is the fifth best team in the division? Uh, who are the Preds jockeying for for position? We've kind of talked about this. cover that. Columbus, I Florida. I think you could, I could, if you want to broaden it out one team and say it's Dallas, Nashville, Florida, Columbus for two spots. Yeah. I think that's probably the mo- the broadest way to look at it. Chicago and Detroit are down here. Carolina and, and Tampa, Tampa Bay are, are up there. The middle has to work itself out. I do think that for a rivalry like Dallas and Chicago, I think that's exceptional to have eight games because that's that's only going to build on what you had against Dallas in the postseason a couple years ago and all these years with Chicago. So all it does to me is just make those rivalries even deeper and more passionate. Uh, you know, Detroit is just going to rekindle an old flame, which will be fun with the Pred Wings and everything. It, it, like you said, Columbus, it is what it is. But uh, certainly Detroit, Chicago, and Dallas, it feels like there's something there. Carolina purely out of an entertainment standpoint. But your your thoughts on sort of the extra games, what that does to the juice of a – and then you're going to have to play a, potentially two of them in the playoffs. Right. As no, well, I, so. I think – you know, I think it's going to be fun. You know, the 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 problem, of course, is hopefully, as the NHL said in its press release, that the the way the season was structured was to make sure that next season, twenty one twenty two, returns to normal, an eighty two game season that starts in October, which also means that the the divisions probably go back to the way they were. Of course, you know, you, of course, you add in Seattle, Arizona jumps into the Central Division. You get, which is not good news for Predator right. fans. You get eight games. You get eight games against Carolina this year, but then you go back to having two games right. against them after that. So, it's just lean into it. Just lean it's into weird. it hard, yeah, and have fun with it. Uh, so totally agree. I, I, you know, as I as I've said, you know, for me, if I'm putting together a, a power rankings, as it were, of uh, the 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 rivalries I'm looking forward to most developing or being uh, reinforced by uh, this realignment, I would say Carolina is number one. I agree. And Marin convinced me of that last week, and you've convinced me of that now too, because I'd sort of view 
Carolina as this nondescript brand, but that is not the hockey that they are playing currently. No, so, they are a great team. And all the fun off, all the shenanigans at the end of the game, I loved it. I know it pissed off the old guard, but I love it. But so. you're not going to storm surge in an empty building. I guess that's true. Um, so I'm you with can. You can. It would just be really awkward. Carolina one, Chicago and Dallas probably two and three. Tampa, you know, listen, if, if it turns into really good games and the Predators are better than we think, then the Tampa rivalry is going to turn into something really well, we important. we talked about so. the Hurricanes and Red Wings having the Predators number. The Predators have the Lightning's number. Right. They, <laughs> I can't remember the last time the Lightning beat the Predators. It's been a very – I mean, it's, it's very ha- odd. It's happened. But the Predators tend to beat the Lightning. So I, I think that – if hopefully that answers your question there, Papa Pierogi. Um, let me give you a couple other dates. You mentioned a lot of stuff there. There is an opt-out date on December 27th. That if you're not opting out for medical concerns, you have to put in writing that you are going to opt out, and um, that actually is is coming up here next week. Uh, or and I believe it is week. up to the team to decide. Basically, roll over the contract. I think so. If a player's on an expiring contract, for example, and he decides not to play, I think the team says, "Okay, well, we're going to just roll your con- slide your contract over to the following year, okay. so he won't be." And there's no penalty for the player. Or the team, from what I understand. I if, can't recall. I know there have been reports of it. I can't recall off the top of my head if those players get it, paid or it, not. It, it strikes me as the right thing to do, is it, to not penalize someone for opting out of a season because of a pandemic. <laughs> but yeah, that, I would agree. That's just my take on it. Um, the RFA deadline, which does matter for a few Predators, I feel like. February 11th, um, extensions you can sign for with players through March 12th. The trade deadline will be April 12th. The end of the season will be the first week of May, May 8th. And then, of course, you've got expansion draft on July 21st. And this is where the calendars start to to mesh back up with the normal calendar, which is the draft will be late July and then free agency will be July 28th. So it's only at that point, you're only 28 days behind a normal calendar year, which is what they're trying to do is get back onto that regular schedule. So right. uh, you want to roll through some of these questions then? I, unless there's anything else you want to add no. about the structure or the layout or – Thank God we have got hockey coming back. Yes, I think we have it all well covered so far. So, yeah, let's hit up some questions. All right, well, let's roll through these questions here. Um, Brent Sauer on Twitter says, uh, we know the downside to this Preds team is to miss the playoffs, and that seems at least somewhat likely. Optimistic. What is the Jeez, up- Brent. What, what is the upside case? Seems like the cup is a long way out of reach with this team as it is currently constituted. Yeah, I, you know, as I, as I have said, I... I think the Predators are a bubble team. I do think that they will. I do believe that, as we've discussed, this setup is more advantageous to them than if they were in the normal Central Division in the normal Western Conference. I think they have a greater chance of making the playoffs in this format than they would under normal circumstances. If this was the team that they were trotting out for an 82-game season. Um, so ceiling for this group. Um, well, if they, it depends on who they draw, right? If they're the third seed in the central division and they draw Carolina, they could beat Carolina in a series, I think. But if, if the, you know, if they draw Tampa in the second round, I don't see that going very well for them. Um, so I, I mean, I think. I think this team could win. I, I, I'm confident that this team could win a round in the playoffs. Um, I agree with that. And and here, so here's how I would paint it. I think this is absolutely a playoff team. I think the upside is two rounds of victory, especially if you go acquire a piece with all that cap space at any point during preseason, which seems unlikely, or dur- at, before the trade deadline. They've got a pl- they've got plenty of space to go do it. Here's what you want to root for. Here's the perfect scenario that I played out in my head. You you want to finish second or third with Dallas. 
and you want Carolina and Tampa to be one and four, and you want, you know, technically you can beat Tampa more often, but let's just say Tampa's too good. You, you want to be two and three, pull an upset win, or and then you want the one seed to get knocked off, and then that that's how you get a path through without having to play quote unquote Tampa. Now that being said, in theory, based on the regular season track record, you'd almost rather play Tampa than Carolina, but that doesn't, I, you know, I think you kind of have to throw history out of out of the way. Um, but yes. that's possible. The other David King on Twitter sort of also asked, what is your ceiling for this team given the new division? So same kind of question. And yeah. I just want to tie that in. I, I think winning the division is out of reach. They but, will not but could finish they, first. But could they finish second or third? I think that's possible. Yeah. Um, and, and again, we're painting with rosy glasses here. So. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard to say um, because when I look at the division and we we've talked about it a lot, the teams that they're fighting against it is great news for them that they do not have to share a division with st louis or colorado um because those teams are better than the predators um but i mean how, how many wins do you think it takes to win the division 35 wins at least at if 38 40 i would say it would 40 say, wins out of 56 is pretty crazy yeah i i would say, i mean remember the blackhawks in 2013 which was the lockout shortened season that was 48 games. I believe they started the season 21-0-3. I don't think they suffered their first regulation loss until like halfway through the season. What, what do you think about 36-15-5? To win the division? Do you think that's about right? Yeah. That seems... I, I would say I would say between 30 and 35 wins. Well, maybe 32 and 36. Between 32 and 36 wins. I, I think if you get to 35 wins, you got a really good chance to win the division. Yes. I, I think. So can the Preds win 30 games? 28 games? I think, I mean... I, I think so. Yeah. I think the Predators could win up to 30 games. I, 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 I don't see a much higher than that. So it sounds like our ceiling on this team is two seed in the division with potential for two playoff wins, no more than that. Yeah. Okay. Especially if you that. go get a piece, I think that's that's possible. But based on what we have, you know, at our disposal right now, we being you and I looking at the roster, not I'm not using the royal we here, you yeah. know that. Um, looking at the roster as it is, uh, I see a second place finish in the division and and winning two rounds of the playoffs as their absolute peak. I, I agree with that, and our predictions are going to be fourth in division and out in the first round <laughs> against Tampa. Yes. Uh, we haven't got that far yet. Uh, Nick Woodall says, all right, if you were David Poyle, would you put Philip Tomasino on the roster this season if he shows well in camp? He already dominated the OHL last season and doesn't have much to gain. Uh, of course, this uh, is bearing in mind that the OHL season is a giant question mark. There's another question about expansion from Nick as well, where he says, um, you know, the, was trading Nick Bonino worth saving Sissons and Yarncroak. So let's go one at a time here. What you're, you've been you've been very open about the chances that Tomasino has to make the roster. I, I think he has a, as good of a chance as any uh, of the young players in the system to make the team. He is currently uh, representing Canada at the World Juniors. I think he will... He's on their fourth line, I think. Yeah, but you know how those teams go, right? Right, right. It's sort of like an Olympic team where... You have fourth liners who are top liners on their own sure. teams. One interesting wrinkle, though, is he's playing wing. He's not set playing center. So I think that that is interesting. You know, I wonder if he could be an option for that second line as a winger if he were to make the team. Uh, he already has sort of a head start in the sense that he was part of the return to play training camp. He was not on the team that went to Edmonton. He was not in the bubble. But when I spoke to him last month, he sounded incredibly confident. 
uh, of his chances. He thought he measured up well to the Predators players in training camp. So a lot of confidence from a 19-year-old, but he did have 100 points in the OHL last season, so he has reason to be confident. The And, and this, is, I, I, this is going to touch on another question. Uh, the taxi squad is an interesting situation when it comes to... Yeah, it's four uh, to six player taxi squad. It is squad. four to six players, and, and, and I'll break down that when we get to that question. But yes, I do think Philip Tomasino has a chance to make the opening night roster. I do think that at the very least he'll be on the taxi squad. So, um, so yeah. let's let's talk let's touch on that because it's a twenty three man roster, four to six player taxi squad. This goes back to Papa Pierogi's question, which was, "Give me your bold prediction for the taxi that, that squad." That was the that was the question I was looking for. And so. it does strike me as this is where guys like I don't know Jeremy Davies. You know, list list the players that you think are just not quite there, but might be there, but aren't. You know what I mean? Like those are the guys that'll be right. Jeremy in that. Jeremy Davies, Rem Pitlick, right. Michael McCarron. Alex Carrier, Connor Ingram, yep. you know, those are the kind of players I see making the taxi squad. And this is from Cap Friendly, who tweeted out a, you know, a, a great uh, rundown um, from their sources of what the taxi squad entails. As you said, it's a minimum of four players with a maximum of six. Waivers are required for players who would require waivers to be loaned to the minors. Uh, recalls for NHL games must occur before 5 p.m. Eastern. Uh, one goalie required on the taxi squad uh, with less than three goalies on the active roster. And the one goalie must be available for all home and away games in this situation. So you would assume that's Connor Ingram because we're not sure what's going right. to happen with the AHL season. Um, the taxi squad members can, one, practice with the NHL team, two, join in team activities, and three, travel with the team, though that is not required. Taxi squad members cannot practice or join activities other than those with the NHL team. AHL team activities, for example, are not permitted because of I'm assuming because of COVID protocols, right? So they they just the NFL had major problems right. with so, signing players off the street. So if you have an AH if 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 you are an AHL player, if you're in the AHL, assuming the AHL season happens, um, and you get recall recalled to the taxi squad, you have to go through the quarantine protocol right. uh, before you can officially be on the taxi squad. But to answer. Papa Pierogi's question, <laughs> you know, the players I listed are the players I think have, you know, Philip Tomasino, if he doesn't make the 23-man roster, uh, Rem Pitlick, Alex Carrier, Michael McCarron, Jeremy Davies, Connor Ingram. Those are the players yeah. I see being on the taxi squad. So, so no bold prediction of like a current player just sort I of want, stunning us and being sent down, quote unquote, sent down to this. If Ellie Tolvanen isn't isn't right. uh, ready for prime time, so to speak. Perhaps he's a taxi squad. That member. would be pretty bold prediction. What if Tomasino has a better camp than Tolvanen and Tomasino makes the roster and Tolvanen doesn't True. and Tolvanen could be on the taxi squad. So, I mean, that would be my, that would be my spicy take <laughs> on the taxi squad. Nashville hot takes, Nashville hot takes, hot chicken and hot takes. That, I'm surprised that isn't a podcast on the 440 sports. It's app. coming soon. It's coming soon. Um, all right. So a couple of questions about Luke Cunning here, and I'm going to package them together. Nick Woodall asked, and I mentioned this already pending, Jeez, pending Nick, so many questions. And I've kind of already asked you this, but I'm going to package it with Ty's question, which was basically what's the deal with Cunning um, and the contract. But let's, let's package them together a little bit here. One of them is, Pending that we don't go out and sign anybody else, which we've talked, you've talked openly about, uh, Mike Hoffman was trading Nick Benino at the draft worth saving Colton Sissons and Callie Yarncroke from the expansion draft. It's looking like Cunnan will be the prime candidate for Seattle if we protect eight skaters. 
And then Tyek asks this kind of a similar question, but a little different, which is what's the deal with Luke Cunning? Seems like at a simple signing here. Is there any reason we should be concerned that it has not been done yet? So let's start with the contract and then work our way down to you, you've said all along, and I think you did this draft on the athletic that Luke Cunning is the is probably the guy that gets picked. If they were to if go, go the four, four and four, four, and we assume they protect the top four forwards, but we did a whole show where we talked right. about exposing Matt Duchesne or Ryan Johansson. You know, Luke Cunningham certainly uh, would have, um, you know, a lot of value uh, to the Seattle Kraken. Um, to answer the second question, because it's on top of mind, no, I would not be concerned if I were you. Luke Cunningham is in Nashville. He is participating in the informal skates that the Predators have been having. There was no real urgency up until yesterday uh, because they didn't have a season. Right. Um, so, I, you know, you look at other RFAs, not just the big-name RFAs, your Matthew Barzals, your Pierre-Luc Dubois, your Anthony Sorelli's. Um, you know, not very few are, you know, some, there are a lot of RFAs that still haven't signed. Um, you know, I, I was off the grid, so to speak, last week while uh, moving, so I wasn't doing my normal workflow. Uh, it is on my to-do list to check in on that thing on that contract. Uh, but to answer the question, no, I would not be concerned. He's here. He's skating with the team. It will get done. That is from Ty. His handle, I believe is the Nash cardiac cat. So just chill out. Everything's okay. Yeah. Everything's you're sort okay. of, you're sort of, uh, you know, typecasting yourself there, <laughs> worrying about it so much. Paul Martin says, how do you imagine no in-person games in the pandemic impact on the predators season ticket holders and fan base? enthusiasm has been on a steady decline and with high ticket prices and higher expectations after a cup hangover, does this have a long-term impact? And I do find this question to be very interesting. It is a spicy question. We do like talking about spiciness. Today. I like spicy topics. It is, it is a spicy topic because I How agree. much do we love our team? <laughs> I agree with the, the, the listener that the enthusiasm um, I think in the city at large, because of course, when you when you are when you are a diehard fan, and if you are listening to this podcast, you are a diehard fan or close to a diehard fan. You care about this team regardless of the situation. But from a general standpoint, a general fandom standpoint, the enthusiasm for the team has diminished since 2017, as the team has gone backward in terms of its postseason success. Um, so. You know, that, that, this is an interesting question because I don't expect fans to be in attendance to start the season. I, I imagine the executive order that Governor Bill Lee uh, signed <laughs> yesterday at least, yeah. you know, prevents fans for the first week of the season because I think the executive order goes through January 19th. Which is about large in-person gatherings. Yes. So I, I don't— For those who are not I do junkies. think some teams have already expressed or have already uh, disclosed that fans will eventually be allowed— the the hard and the 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 closest example, the Dallas Stars have announced that their president and CEO has announced that they are expecting to have at least up to five thousand fans in attendance at their games. Um, the Predators. I did ask the Predators about this today because I was curious and because a lot of people have asked this question. Uh, they said their intent is to have more answers uh, once the calendar turns. Right. Uh, so wait a couple weeks, I guess. Um, Wait for the Christmas post Christmas surge, right? And so see, see how we're doing, right? Uh, we're state in the union, right here. Uh, we're state in the world. Well, they're just so you know they're 
not all countries have states. Th- th- thank you. Um, but anyway, Nerd. there's your geography lesson for the day. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, so I, let, but let, it's not just the fans in attendance. It's also the fact that uh, regional sports networks, RSNs, as we are known to call them, uh, Fox Sports is not on popular streaming services like YouTube TV or Hulu Live. Um, I think if you have AT&T, if you have Comcast or Xfinity, whatever you want to call it, if you have DirecTV, I still think you have Fox Sports Tennessee. If you don't have those stations, you don't have the games. So not only will it be harder to watch games because you won't be able to attend them in person or a very limited number of people will be able to attend them in person, you might have a hard time finding them on television. Um, you know, some people might say, well, if I don't have Fox Sports Tennessee, I can go to a bar and watch the game. Well, it will be harder to go to a bar and watch a game because yeah. of coronavirus. So so it's going to be harder to watch this team this year. It, it, it is. There, there are some I think there are like three parallel discussions. And the reason I love this question, Paul Martin, thank you for asking it, is because I think there are separate discussions. One is the pandemic itself which is that everyone sort of understands that the pandemic is taking a giant bite dump. out of out of or dump out of a giant dump on our lives just out of but it's just i think everyone understands that i don't think not being able to go watch the predators in person because of a pandemic is going to hurt the fans connection with the team the team sucking ass on the ice is going to hurt the connection with the team i think everyone sort of gets that the pandemic has done this to us and that we can't like I think there's an understand a base level understanding that will not have long term ramifications for most fans in any sport that we just sort of understand that this is just the cards we've been dealt well maybe and that we have and we just have to kind of you know get get to the vaccine and it is what it is I don't think that's the impact if you win a bunch of games I don't think it matters it, like people will get over that the other parallel track is just Nashville being a very fair weather city for all of its sports teams. That when those parties are hot and cool and hip and trendy, everyone wants to be there. And as soon as it's not, everyone's gone. I would argue that the cup run, and going back even further to the All-Star game, in theory. and It started with the All-Star game. It started with the All-Star game. But the buildup of fans, I would argue, was sort of like three steps forward, one step back. From sort of pre-All-Star game times. I still think the Predators are a net positive in fandom. Does that make sense? They're a net positive from pre-All-Star game. Yes. In that the All-Star game and then the cup run and then the President's Trophy and all this has built up enough equity that they, we still yes. are way ahead of they where we were before. huge – I mean, this, the word surge definitely does not have the – you know, has negative connotations sure. right now. But they saw a huge surge in fan support between 2016 and 2017. And they built up, you said, like enough – equity to use your term that even as it's been chipped away right. by the team we're struggling st- we're still we're still in the black they, they are still ahead yeah. of where they were before that so this brings me to the third conversation of this which is i think the most important thing of all of this you're just gonna have to deal with nashville being fair weather sometimes and you're just gonna have to deal with the pandemic those are just things that exist the the, the track that matters the most is winning hockey games and how much are you charging people to come watch a bad product if you are not winning hockey games. After the cup run in the lower bowl, there were a lot more quarter zips and a lot less hoodies. And that is a quick and dirty way of explaining ticket prices have gone up and the blue-collar fan base that made Bridgestone Arena so rowdy for so many years are now 
far less capable of getting into the building. It reminds and if me, you, yeah. and that is not a good equation if the team sucks. And that is a that's where you get into sort of some that that's to answer Paul's question. That's the issue. If you're going to charge a lot of money and the product gets worse, that's where you start to push off some fan base. And I'm curious how the Predators will go about if and when they do allow fans in the building, how they will go about dispensing those tickets. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, I think every team is doing this, but the Pittsburgh Penguins are at front of mind because I saw the tweet earlier today. Basically, what they said was that the season ticket holders are going to get priority, which makes sense, and that there's going to be a lottery for tickets. I, I'm not, I assume it's for each game as to who gets in because, of course, there are more season ticket holders. Yeah, than the Titans are, had some yeah, issues with this. There are more season ticket holders than seats available uh, for the games. So I'm not sure how many single game tickets will be available. And if they are, the team has every right to upcharge because they are very, they're, they're harder to they're find. Premium. They're premium. That, exactly. that, again, that's the, that's a pandemic thing that I think yeah. people just understand. It but, sucks and, and we all have to deal with it, but I think we get that. It's, yeah. it's when we get back next fall, you know, how good is the team? How much their tickets? Those are the equa- Those are the two variables that I think will affect the long-term connectedness to the, to the fan base. I, I don't think it's about, you know, pandemic seating. Does that make sense? That yeah, it's not I, really but, about the pandemic to but me. To it's, my, but it's going, I think if you, the options to watch this team are going to be, are going to be more limited there. You know, you can't just, Oh, I would love to go to a Predators game on a Saturday night. That that's probably not going to happen. Um, yeah. The, you know, the, the network that broadcasts their games is not as readily available as it once was. You know, you can blame Sinclair, Sinclair broadcasting group for that. Um, mm. you can blame them for a lot of things, but you can blame that <laughs> for that. You can blame that them for that specifically as it pertains to our conversation and the opportunity for watch parties or going with your buddies to a sports bar to eat and drink and watch the game are going to be less available because of the pandemic. So I think if you are not a, if you, if you are not a fan who lives and dies by how this team goes, which if you are, you know, good for you, um, you're probably closer to dying than living lately. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's yeah, that was in poor He's taste. Bearded. That was in poor taste. Sorry, everybody. But I'm not uh, offended by anything. <laughs> but but the the point I'm making is, if this team struggles, it's already going to be hard enough to watch this team. Right. You're good. There's you have more. You have there's more leeway the, for you to tune out. Yeah. Is if, what the, I'm if the barrier to finding your product is already difficult, and then they're not inspiring. Again, I think it all comes back to how good you are. It, it's I know it's not exactly. I know it's too simple. Well, but like if the team plays well, yeah, you you will be willing to shell out whatever money you have to go to a game if you feel safe. You will find a way to f- find the games online, yep. or streaming or whatever. Yep. You'll be perhaps more apt to go to a, a, a local establishment and support local businesses and watch the game. Bingo on TV. Bingo. But if they don't, then. There's built. There are plenty of ready-made, built-in excuses yes. not to pay attention. A hundred percent. There is a permission structure to not watch, and that is the issue. But again, all of it ties back to well, how, how good are you? <laughs> so I don't. I actually don't think the pandemic has any long-term effects on season ticket holders and their commitment and their passion and all that stuff. I think it's far more about do you see another slide on the ice or not. Is, are you, is the trend continuing in the wrong direction? And if the trend is continuing in the wrong direction and the pandemic makes it hard to watch the team, 
then you've got a problem. And oh, by the way, tickets are very expensive. That's where you get into sort of all the events coming together to create a, a difficult spot for the Predators brand, frankly. Now, they've done a brilliant job marketing themselves. They're, they have unbelievable connections to the community. And all this can change if you just win some games. Yes. So, but good question, I, Paul. I, it is a, it was a very good question and and in, in even before the pandemic there have been a lot of complaints from fans about price gouging. Yes. Um and look, when a team plays well and they become popular, that's what's going to happen. You know, do I blame the Predators organization for raising their ticket prices? No, they're a business first and <laughs> foremost. You know, yeah, I don't either. Like, I don't right. So, but I understand where we're where all capitalist coming. pigs, Adam. Yes. At the end of the day, I understand where the fans are coming from, and, and it's funny how you mentioned the the, the the from the hoodies to quarter zips. You know, it's sort of you know when you when you go <laughs> just to an a, observation when I you had. go to a game in Toronto. Now, of course, Toronto is you know an t- entirely different beast, so you can't. It's not an apples to oranges comparison. But if you go to a game in Toronto, the the loudest fans are are in the upper reaches of the arena. You know, it's always funny is you come back from it, you know, it's it's the end of the first intermission. The teams are coming onto the ice for the second period. And most of the lower bowl is empty because all of the people who came after work who are still wearing their suits or are wearing their maple leaf sweater over their V-neck sweater <laughs> over their tie um, are, wow. you know, still on the uh, still on the concourse or in the or in the in the club level eating and drinking and congregating and they're like oh the game's back on. are these all shots at like green hills in williamson county is that what well, you're taking there's a reason why at? i chose to live in east nashville and not green hills um but wow. but i'm but what i'm saying spicy what bangin'. i'm saying is that i don't have that same feeling yet about nashville it's not that no. it's not that you know what's the word i'm looking for extreme yeah um but yes you know i agree with you i mean i i think that I think the the idea of the fan base still being strong is 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 accurate, but it has been chipped away. Um, so and I don't think that this year is going to erode it significantly. But as we've discussed, if they don't win, yeah. if they can't win, then it's easy for fans to check out because they they have excuses yeah. ready for them. Yeah, I think it's easy to check out on a bad team. It's easier to check out on a bad team during a pandemic. <laughs> It's just that's just the facts. All right, so I'll end. We'll we'll end with this then as a as a quick sort of trip down memory lane, real fast here. To me, it's why I've said this before on the air on my old show, and it's why I'll say it now, and I'll say it probably the rest of my life. I think the Predators could win the Stanley Cup, and it will not be the same as that that spring of seventeen. I just don't think it will be. I think there'll be an unbelievable party and a huge parade, and we'll go crazy for the run, and it'll be insane and all this stuff. It will not be the same as the first time a fan base experienced what it was like to play in the Western Conference Finals and the Stanley Cup Final for the first time. Which player gets drunkest at a Predator Stanley Cup parade on the current roster? Well, there's so many new ones. I don't want to be judgmental. Victor Arvidsson, I'm sure, knows how to have a good time. I, Pe- Pecorine, Pecorine's been known to have a beer, too. Pecor- so. Pecorine, could, I, I could see... I think Pekka would ride off into cur- the sunset. Cursing, and- cursing on a live microphone. <laughs> yes. Um, but Victor the Arvidsson, most polished man ever. Yeah, Victor Arvidsson, you know, smaller guy. So, well, the answer know. is Ryan Johansson. So let's just yes. leave it at that. Um, but <laughs> it, it's it's fun to think about. But I understand your point. But like, I just think there's a different aura. The to the blue collar, passionate, exper- like first ever experience of what that was like. I just don't think you can recreate that. The All Star Game, you know, that happened within the, within my first year living in Nashville. 
And I remember a- after the All-Star weekend was over, sort of like taking a step back and thinking about how great it was, um, you know, how accessible everything was between the arena and the Music City Center and all of the parks downtown, the whole John Scott story, you know, with him, you know, basically forcing himself into, you know, fans forcing him into becoming the MVP. Yep. Um, it You know, I just everything about it was so great. And I think that's the first time I really had a true sense of what Nashville was as a sports town and as a hockey town. Um, and then, of course, it's added to it gets added. You know, you add the Stanley yep. Cup final run. It you know it grows exponentially. Um, I but, mean, from from 2009 to 2015, I lived next door to Bridgestone Arena. I was a season ticket holder. I went to games. We would just on a Tuesday, we'd look around and be like, "Hey, who wants to go grab some some cheap tickets to the game and go to the game?" And we went because we were hockey fans and because we loved the team. That's not how it works anymore. It's just not that way. When you go to when you go on a cup run, it's different, and it's just the the city itself has changed all around Bridgestone Arena. So it's not like this is some unique story or whatever. I don't think it'll ever be the same. I think that'll be it'll be an awesome party, man. When if they win the cup someday, but it, I don't think it'll feel the same. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a a reasonable take. Okay, let's end on a reasonable take, not a spicy one. Yes. How about that? Uh, pay for good journalism. Go to the Athletic. At uh, Adam Vingan on Twitter as well. Anything else you'd like to, to pimp, promote, push? Have a Merry Christmas and... Happy Chinooka. Happy Chinooka. <laughs> Smokey Robinson. No, uh, I, you know, I, I'm glad that, you know, this is our first... This is our first episode with actual ho- like with actual I know hockey to talk about. You feeling good? I mean, we've had what 14, 15 episodes, and this is the first one yeah. where we actually have a season to discuss. Now, I I will say I do love some some silly season off season yes, stuff. So of like the, the trades and the the, the free agents. But it'll and be the nice. To, it'll be nice that in a couple of weeks we yes. can actually talk about games Ugh. and how and, and things like that. Um, so you know, for those of you who have listened and rated, reviewed, and subscribed, and given us a 4.8 rating on Apple Podcast. We appreciate you sticking around, except for the one person who tanked our ranking um, <laughs> by giving it, I guess, a one or a two. On according time. to this, we have a 5.0. So What? According, oh. according to my Apple Podcast, we have oh, a 5.0. Oh, there you go. Well, we uh, did get a one-star rating, though. We did get a one-star rating. That's just, that's not cool. What a dick. You're a dick, whoever <laughs> oh that God. is. You're probably not listening because you gave us a one-star rating, jackass. But but yeah, it looks like uh, looks like we're, we're we're batting like 98% five stars. But the point is, I'm thinking about that person like I'm thinking about my own Uber rating because I th- is Uber rating at a four stars or five? I, stars? Dude, I have no. Clue. Okay, let's say I've it's been at a five stars. To, I've been trying to end this show for ten minutes. Hold on. So like my Uber rating last time I checked was like a 4.82, which means that I get mostly high marks, but that means somebody had to have given yeah. me like a two, and I'm a great Uber passenger. So I don't know what the hell that was. If you do say so yourself. Yeah. I'm clean. I'm polite. I, I can't ever decide if they want me to sit in the front seat or the back. I don't ever know what's the right Who thing. Who sits I, in the front seat of an I Uber? I feel weird if sitting in the back. I feel like by your By yourself? You yeah. Better? If I got into an Uber by myself and I'm like, chauffeur me around. Like, I feel like it's very hotty toddy. That's the point of Uber, though. I know, but I just feel, I'm just telling you how I feel, Adam. Yeah. It makes me feel odd. Mm-hmm. So I kind of, the guy, about that. generally the window's down and I always go, hey, do you want me in the front or the back seat? And I just do it. Being in the they... front seat seems too personal. Like I don't I, know I, you. I agree with that too. That need I need a middle row. Exactly. That's why I like taxis. Good night, everybody. <laughs> We're ending the show now. Rate, review, and subscribe at Adam Vingan at Braden Golf. Thank you for listening. This has been the Gold Standard on the 440 Sports Network.